Hello everyone, I'm Karen Hardwick, a clinically and spiritually trained psychotherapist and leadership coach, and welcome to Saving You a Seat, leadership conversations from around the table. Join us as we dig deep into how the power of connection is a game changer for leaders at work and in life. This is what I know. We are not leaders having a leadership crisis. We're leaders having a human being crisis. We are often disconnected from the very things that make us fully and wholly human, our stories, our messiness, all the things we hide away about ourselves, and also disconnected from our empathy, gifts, and resilience. When we own these things that I call connection creators, we lead with more courage and grit, love and grace, self-discovery and spirituality. Connection is the antidote, folks. We don't need another leadership paradigm. We need our stories and our truest selves. You will love this episode. We are chatting with Tammy Stevenson, General Counsel of Crawford & Company, and an executive known for her empathetic warrior spirit. Using her personal life experiences as her North Star, she doubles down on the power of connection every day as a leader. Hello, everyone. I am joined here today by Tammy Stevenson, General Counsel of General Counsel, excuse me, for Crawford and Company, and an executive leader who is real, authentic, and leads from the front. Prior to coming to Crawford, she held several corporate counsel positions. And listen to this, was also staff sergeant as an avionics technician in the U.S. Air Force Reserve, where she proudly served for eight years. So, Tammy, thank you for your service. I am really fortunate to personally know Tammy. And I've had a front row seat to her growth as a leader because she embodies what it means to be a leader who believes in the power of self-discovery and connection. She is beloved. She is respected. She is trusted and admired by her team, her colleagues, and her CEO. And this doesn't happen just because. She's an amazing human human being, and she is deeply, deeply connected to her true self. And that's what enhances the engagement of those around her. So, Tammy, I am so happy you are here today with me. Thank you. I think mic drop. I think we're done. I mean, I think that covers it all, you know? <laughs> well, you are so welcome. Every word of it is true. Every word. So we're going to dive right in. You know me. I'm not necessarily a small talk, beat around the bush kind of a gal. Let's do it. You're sent to the general counsel role. Let's think about that. It's characterized definitely by your talent, your expertise, all of your abilities, And also by the support you created around you, right? Um, So so tell us, you know, what does that mean, that having that support? And how would you describe the connections that actually make a difference for you every day? Yeah, you know, it's interesting that when you present it that way, because I don't think I've ever thought of it that way. I've always kind of stuck to my core values as I've continued through my career. And it wasn't about... It wasn't about doing any one thing right or wrong. It was just always like staying on that path that kept me 
going in the right direction and kept me successful. But on the shoulders and backs and, you know, of, of a ton of amazing, amazing people, I can count on one hand people that I worked with that I did not, I was not compatible with or who I felt I couldn't work with, right? And that over however many years now I've been a lawyer, that's, I think, a pretty amazing statistic. And these people who I built these relationships with, it just, they occurred naturally and we we held each other up. We, we grew together and I learned as much from them as they, I think they learned from me, I hope. And getting here was just kind of, fell into place. I can't explain it. You know, it's, I, I, I don't, I don't feel like I did any one particular thing, but the relationships were really the essence of who I was. That's what I love people. Uh, and so as a result of that, I, God, I have a great, a great group of people around me, both past and present who I still talk to, uh, and who still lift me up. Um, and, and, you know, I think we give as much to each other, uh, to help each other be successful. And I think that was key. So important and such a valuable, sometimes overlooked treasure in our lives. It's interesting because so many people reach a level of success and they do it in such a way that it looks easy, almost like, oh, poof, here they are. And it's never easy, right? It's never, it's a long, long path. So how... How did you really learn to step into your gifts? And what do you do today, Tammy, that keeps you connected to your true self? Yeah, so I think when I was first a lawyer, it was all about learning the technical side. And I had an amazing general counsel, and he was a man that would, he was the true roam the halls, sit down with his clients, have you know fireside chats with them all the time, and I would watch him do this. And I was like, it's just so foreign to me to think of go sit in an office with such and such executive or whoever and ask them questions, see what's going on, pick their brains, ask all those questions you think you're not allowed to ask. And he did it so effortlessly, but also it, it you know, it was very specifically done because he built relationships and he had clients coming to him who felt comfortable and safe talking to him. And as a result, he was able to run a very successful legal department because people would come to us before they made mistakes or came to us because they knew that they can consult and him in particular consult with him um, to help them make good business decisions not just legal decisions and so it took a really long time it was I, I can't even remember it was probably after it was it was after uh, he was no longer general counsel and Crawford asked me to become general counsel of, of Broadspire which is our subsidiary that I finally said you know what what he did made complete sense, and I felt confident enough in myself to start doing it. And boy, the world just exploded, you know. Um, it was the most wonderful experience. And since then, I just have clung on to that, you know, philosophy. You got to get in there and build your relationships. You got to talk to people. You got to let them know that they're safe to talk to you. Uh, and you got to be frank with them. You know, I, I think that's one of the other things that people have valued about me and that I value about other people. If I'm doing something wrong, if I've upset you, then tell me, you know, let's not beat around the bush. Let's not, you know, hold it in and have an explosion, you know, six months later. Let's have an honest conversation and own up to it. And I think that's also been very helpful. You're touching on so many important attributes that from where I sit are connection creators. So you're talking about accountability, right? Own your stuff. Tell me, tell me, 
because I'm going to also tell you and let's hold each other's feet to the fire in a way that's really positive, right? So there's accountability. And then you also touched on curiosity, like making mistakes and understanding that we don't have to know everything. And we do that, right? Right. Balanced with empathy, which means, you know, we're really about building relationships. And when I hear people talk about you, there is clearly a common theme. And that is Tammy is real. We can trust on her to be that body of rising water that truly lifts all boats. And I know that part of that for you is having this warrior spirit. You really do have this ability to take up the gauntlet, fight the battles that need to be fought, and protect people in a way that makes them really feel whole. So, so talk to me a little bit. Like, how did you learn to yeah. do that? So, you know, from I'll talk personal and then, you know, executive. From a personal level, my dad died when my sister and I were very young. We were young teenagers, so it was just my mom, my sister, and I. And I think I became that warrior then, right, on a personal level. So I was always the protector. I was always the one to jump in and help or save or do, you know. Uh, but it didn't it didn't strike me or it didn't come into play in my professional career until many, many years later. And it was, you know, just so in my personal life, I saw a counselor after my dad died. I learned to, you know, take advantage of all the, the things that were given to me as tools to help me adjust and adapt and to become a better person through self-reflection personally. But from a professional side, I always felt that if I admitted that I would, didn't know enough or maybe I was flawed or I made mistakes – it would it was just result in me not being able to advance. And it just got to a point in my career where I was like, you know what, whatever, who cares? You know, I, I have to be my true, honest self at work as much as I am at home. Uh, and once those two merged, it, I, it, it just, you know, the whole, everything just changed. It was just fabulous. Um, and I, I allowed that warrior to come in and start protecting the people I worked with. And it was also part of this, this evolution when I became general counsel for Broadspire that it, it kind of blossomed within me. And I realized all the great things I learned from so many people in my past as from a personal level really can be used from a professional perspective. But I also had to be honest with myself and I had to admit my, my flaws. I had to be vulnerable and once I stopped fighting that, it just, it just kind of came. I, I can't explain it, but it's something I will never, I will never go away from again. And occasionally I do, you know, when I became general counsel at Crawford, I think you go back to those old ways of tucking it in. I mean, I don't want people thinking I'm stupid. I don't want people thinking I don't belong here. And so you go back to that, you know, the old ways. And then finally I'm like, what am I doing? Go back to what you know, go back to the essence of who you are. And that will always take you successfully where you need to go. And at the end of the day, if I'm not, you know, general counsel any longer, I'm me and I'm honest about who I am and I'm proud of what I do every single day um, because I stick to those to those values and those goals. Well, you said so many important things in there. Hmm. I'm trying to unpack all of that in my head and then also for our listeners because one of the things that you were talking about is every time we move away from our North Star, we truly become less than and lost. 
and it doesn't Absolutely. serve every time us, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There is nobody who gets away from their North Star who says, yeah, you know what? That was a really good well, idea. Great. Yeah. <laughs> right? and, and I think the only thing that's come better is I learn quicker. I'm moving away from my North Star. You know what I mean? I think I identify it sooner. You know, it, it took a long time to figure that out, but yeah. So there's a difference between self-awareness and self-discovery. I think you've heard me talk about this on numerous occasions because self-awareness is the ability to list our strengths and our so-called weaknesses. And it's, it's an exercise that's cognitive, that's about information. You've taken that self-awareness, though, to a, not just an information perspective, but you've taken it to the next level of transformation, so you move from self-awareness in this really beautiful way, Tammy, to self-discovery, which means, hey, you know what? I really know myself, and I'm going to use that, that self-knowledge to grow, to be honest about who I am, to invite those around me to do the same thing. And so you, you are kind, this disciple of how can we show up truly our best selves but also fully mm-hmm. human. And, and I, you know, I've been blessed to work with people who are very similar to me, you know, that think the same way. And I think what happens is we fall back on, as I said, on our old ways and, and we need to encourage each other to come back, you know, come back to where you belong. Um, stop worrying so much. You know, the world is not going to end. You know, people make mistakes. Stop. And the beating ourselves up and, you know, second guessing ourselves, the fear of speaking up, all these things, I, I have to encourage people to move away from that fear because it's I, I gained so much value by, by moving away from that fear myself and I see how much how successful these folks could be when they do it themselves. And you know, and I have their back, right? I mean at the end of the day, if I'm encouraging them to do these things and I'm telling them like you're safe to do it, I promise you do it. Um, I'm, I'm there for them and I want to encourage them because I want to see them be happy and successful and not so stressed, right? I mean gosh. The world is such a stressful place right now, and, and moving up in the corp, you know, through the corporate um, hierarchy is stressful. It's so anxiety filled, and if you can't make it fun and you can't step away from some of that heaviness, it just becomes more of a burden than it does a pleasure. Uh, and so you may be moving up the corporate ladder, but I think sometimes you end up unhealthy if you can't make that that transition too. You know, and and uh, and I I, I want to see my the people that I care about succeed, and so it's important for me to encourage them in that regard. Well, you you do that, um, and I think you do that because you're also learning to encourage yourself. You know, to forgive mm-hmm, yourself always. when you make a mistake, mm-hmm. to turn to your trusted mm-hmm. people and say, "Hey, I need help." What was the toughest thing for you, Tammy, in terms of getting used to being in the boardroom? That's a big transition for people, right? It, it was, I think, like I touched on a little bit before, uh, do I belong here? Am I smart enough? You know, can I keep up with these folks in the boardroom? Am I, unpo- you know, not polished enough? Uh, all those things were in the back of my head, you know, and there was this anxious and nervousness. And so for probably the first, you know, three to six months, it was... I really had to prep myself for those meetings. I had to pump myself up. I had to encourage myself. And ultimately, I thought, you know what? I I, I know things. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to know everything. They don't know everything. They're human. And it's just like everything else. You know, it's, I think, the vision of who they are 
and the anticipation of how our interactions would be were 10 times worse, if not 100 times worse, than the actual interaction. And once you get to see that they're human as well, it's like, oh, okay, we're just people again, you know? But boy, is it intimidating to get to that point. I mean, it's just, anytime I, I kind of moved up the, the corporate ladder, I was like, oh my gosh, now I have to talk to the CEO and he's the CEO. And it's like, no, he's a man, you know, he's a human and he has flaws just like I do. And so uh, it, it was the same, it was the same exercise. And it was crazy because it had been a long time since I had to kind of go through that emotion and through that process. Uh, because I kind of found my niche and I found my comfort zone with with being the general counsel of Broadspire and the CEO there was absolutely fantastic and she had very much the same philosophy as I do regarding people and encouraging them and having an open dialogue and being very transparent and so I was very comfortable you know for many years but I came out of my comfort zone and you know eventually went back to the basics and true to myself I'm doing all right I think I'm doing okay (laughs) you know you have this ability to uh, I really pull from an inner reserve of strength, something I call courage-based confidence. So there's functional confidence, and, and that's kind of sort of like, yeah, I know what to do. Like, I know my job. I can pretty much do it in my sleep. I'm really good at what I do. But then there's this other level of confidence that's truly different, and it's what I call courage-based confidence. And it's a big connection creator because when people have courage-based confidence and you have it in spades, the people around them pay attention because they know what they are made of. So you talked before about your father's very premature death. And I Mm -hmm. think that's such an important kind of life creating experience for you, even oh, in the midst of grief, right? It's so mm-hmm. grieving and so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And yet at some, in some point, it made you who you are. And not just that, but witnessing my mother, who's an, an incredibly resilient woman, right? Here she is. It's 1980. She essentially was the breadwinner of the family because he had been sick for almost a year. He dies and every one of her credit cards gets canceled, right? And She's like, I don't understand. And, and she had to buy a car for my sister. And this guy at the car dealership tried to take advantage of her. And it was like all this crazy stuff happening. And that woman's like, okay, I've seen it happen once. The credit card company wants to cancel my credit card. So be it. This guy wants to try and take advantage of me. I'll take care of him in a minute. But I am not failing for these kids, you know? And it was all about, I mean, she's just so amazingly resilient and so strong and so protective of us. But she had extremely deep spirituality as well. And I think that's also the essence of it too. You know, I'm I, you know, a firm believer in, in uh, I'm Episcopalian, as you and I had talked about. I don't go to church and you know do the the church thing frequently, if at all. Um, but she embedded some really deep spirituality in me, and I think that guides me. And it also, I think, gives you a certain amount of of strength and freedom. You know, I. I at the end of the day, who do I have to face up to? You know, my mom. She'll beat my butt if I'm messing up, but okay, she's the only person I'd be afraid of that's going to really um, be of any consequence or my family. You know, nobody nobody I work with and nothing that can happen to me at work would be anything close to, I think, what we'd already experienced with my, my dad. So I, I don't know. It gives you a certain amount of strength. 
Yeah, and a, and a deep sense of perspective. And you and I have talked about that. I, mean, I, I too was raised as an Episcopalian, went to seminary to be an Episcopal priest, and don't go mm-hmm. to church. However, mm-hmm. um, the spiritual sense that's deeply embedded in us makes all the difference relative to how we connect with ourselves and others and a divine presence. And more and more, more and more, I'm hearing leaders talk about the emotional and the spiritual aspects of their lives and how that impacts their leadership and how that grounds them. Because when my husband died five months ago, one of the things that I relearned, because I had always known it and experienced, but it got deeper, was the center holds. I agree wholeheartedly. And that's what I think carried her uh, doing those during those really very difficult times, uh, raising two teenage daughters alone uh, in a man's world. Um, and it's what is the center of who I am. It's certainly what's the center of who my sister is. And, and, and really, you know, I, I think many of my family members and man, it's strong. You know, it's uh, at the end of the day, I keep going back to that center, which includes my spirituality. And that's what carries me, you know in the tar- toughest times. Yep. And it doesn't always, it doesn't just carry you. Um, people notice it. Mm. That's what makes the difference. Even if folks can't put their finger on exactly why, they know that there's something inspirational and grounded and resilient about you that goes way beyond just psychological strength. They see that in you. They see that in you. Um, here's my last question. So think about this. I ask this to everybody. If you could have a conversation with anybody, right? This is called saving you a seat. So if you could save a seat for somebody, have a conversation with that person, who would that be? And what would you want to know from them? So I think, you know, as I reflect on, on the question, um, I, I come from a very long line of business people, businessmen. Uh, and I think I would want the opportunity, and, and it's on both sides of my family. Mom, my, my mom is an executive of a company. Her father owned a company. Great-grandfather owned a company. My, you know, dad's side, you know, same thing. Um, and I'd love to bring, like, the great-great, the greats and the grands, and then my mom right into this room and we'd have a panel, you know, introduce them to, to, to the 21st century and then talk to them about, you know, their philosophy on leadership and, you know, what motivated and drove them. And also this, as we talked about, right, the resilience uh, of these gentlemen who I've come to learn a bit about doing some research and through ancestry and other things. Um, but then also, you know, ask the tougher questions, you know, why did you think it was okay to chase a secretary around the desk or, you know what I mean? Uh, get into the, the nitty gritty of those uh, more seedier parts of their personalities. So um, I think it would be awesome. And my mom, you know, I think it would be fabulous because she would absolutely have a blast doing it as well. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe uh, one of, uh, one of those types of, of a sit down would be a fun thing to do. That would be quite um, the powwow, wouldn't it? My brothers. Oh, uh-huh. Holy moly. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I love how you, you bring your mom into it. Like there's such a deep reservoir of connection between the two of you. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yep. And she still inspires me every day. Um, she's, you know, a fantastic, wonderful, loving, um, woman she would give her shirt off her back to anybody 
uh, all the years growing up, my sister and I, she would take our friends in if they were having issues at home. She, but she, her base was always her her religion, and um, her honesty about herself. But she, God, she's just such a cool woman. So even now, you know, as she continues to age, which is tough to watch, as much as it is to see, you know, how much I'm aging uh, every day. It's uh, I still learn something from her every day, and being able to have really great heartfelt conversations is. I think it's invaluable. So she, uh, yeah, she's deep in my soul. Yeah. Well, she shines through you and you bring that intimacy and that um, just emotional power to work. And people really, really respond to the authenticity of who you are. So I wish we could bottle you and say, this is what leadership looks like because none of us are perfect and we all have a long way to go. And yet you are doing one damn bang up job. So it's been a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Um, Can people find you anywhere like on LinkedIn or are there any places Mm -hmm. that they can come and touch base with you? Absolutely on LinkedIn. Absolutely on LinkedIn. And uh, um, I do Facebook, but I don't check it that often. So mostly the LinkedIn would probably be the best approach. So yes, thank you. This has been fantastic. And thank you for, you've been so kind. It's been wonderful to have you here. We'll talk soon and um, yeah, be well. Thanks, Tammy. Thank you. You take care. you're listening means so much. So please hit the subscribe button and join us for the next episode. To tune into the power of connection and transform your life at home and at work, please also get my book, The Connected Leader. It is available on Amazon and all online book retailers. And visit our page, connectedleaderbook.com. Stay connected.